Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Thank you all for the feedback on the self-awareness series I started earlier this year. And today, I want to talk about emotions and authenticity, a topic that has become even more personal due to my unexpected loss earlier this year. I appreciate your support. It has meant the world to me. And as I share with you today, I'm still navigating this journey of grief a month later. While this unexpected loss has not been my first, I've had many. Through the couple of decades now, I've had loss. The things that I've learned is grief is like the ocean. It's sometimes calm and other times turbulent. Last week, as I headed to my daughter's swim meet at Cal Berkeley, I was looking forward to supporting her and seeing and connecting with all my friends. I was feeling really happy. I had some excitement. I was looking forward to meaningful connections. It's a lot of fun for me in the stands as I have a great time with the Cal parents as well as seeing my daughter. However, upon exiting the freeway, my body reacted unexpectedly. Tension rose, my stomach clenched, and tears welled up rapidly. Why, you may ask? I'm going to see my daughter. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to connection and being able to support my daughter and be with my friends. My body knew where I was going and my brain forgot the significance. Because this pool that I was going to was a place where I spent decades with my mentor and friend. And all of a sudden, I was feeling a whirlwind of emotions. And the first one that I felt was anguish. It rose quickly. Now, the definition of anguish is anguish is an overwhelming and traumatic swirl of shock, grief, incredulity, and powerlessness. And that's from Atlas of the Heart. It's not just emotional. It can also affect us physically, causing us to crumble. And there's an element of powerlessness in anguish. And that is what makes anguish truly traumatic because we realize we can't change what happened and it keeps returning. And that's where I was in anguish, realizing he was gone and I would not see him upon my arrival. The last time I saw him was at this pool back in October. So the swirl of anguish was happening. I felt it. It took me by surprise. I felt it run through my body. I paid attention to it. And then anger came and I was so angry. And then sadness joined the mix. And finally grief itself. All in mere seconds. Elizabeth Gilbert once said, Grief does not obey your plans or your wishes. Grief will do whatever it wants to. And my brain was in the swirl of emotions. I couldn't even get to the point of thinking, 
Is this going to keep going? How am I going to show up to the pool? I was in the swirl of emotions. Fortunately, by the time I reached the parking lot, I had regained emotional regulation. The reason I was able to do it is not my old ways that I might have done 10 or 15 years ago of stuff it down, suck it up and move forward. I was really good at that, especially as a former athlete. But it was because I allowed myself to feel my emotion as they came up. I felt them. It did not feel good. It was deeply uncomfortable. I felt them and I labeled them and I realized there were many. Right? And I acknowledged that I was angry, especially the anger. And I wasn't angry at my friend, but at the unexpected loss and missed opportunities. Feeling, releasing, and my ability to identify emotions with language. That is what allowed me to move through all those hard, crappy emotions. And that was what allowed me to, once I got to the parking lot, to be able to go and enter the event. Because one of the things that's really important is that that is not the, the energy I would want to bring into that space. It's a swimming, it's a big deal for the kids. It's a big deal for the parents. There's already tremendous vulnerability in that aquatics complex. I don't need to bring my pain in, but I can process my pain. And if I needed more time, I would have stayed in the garage and taken care of me until I was ready to go be out in the world, which is very different than shoving it down. Most of us are afraid to grieve because we believe that grief is an ongoing, continuous process. So we often protect ourselves by running away from our grief with being busy, numbing, or denying or having artificial happiness, right? Pretending we're happy, using things to make us happy, but we can't outrun grief because it'll be with us. And the research on grief indicates that we can feel grief without being perpetually sad. And that's an example of that day. I was really delighted to go down to Berkeley. It was going to be a great day. Got to see my daughter, would see my friends, There was good energy on the deck and I knew what I was walking into. I wasn't expecting all of a sudden to be overcome with anguish, with anger, with sadness, and with grief. And it was probably a good seven to nine minutes as we were moving towards the pool from the freeway that these emotions came up, which goes back to when I was speaking last month in the self-awareness emotions Emotions last 90 seconds. And what happened is, is that I was feeling one emotion to the next emotion to the next, right? And it was all these thoughts that were moving through really fast. He shouldn't be dead. Oh my gosh, this is where I, where I would spend a lot of time with him. Oh my gosh, the last time I saw him was in October. Oh my gosh, I thought he was going to be here today, right? That's what perpetuated a lot of the emotions that were going on, allowing for it to occur for about seven to nine minutes. So remember, the research on grief indicates that we can feel grief without being perpetually sad. I wasn't perpetually sad in the morning when I left, and then it hit me. And grief is a part of life. And the key is, is that when we feel it, when it arises, my invitation for you is to honor it and move through it. 
rather than trying to avoid it or bury it. If I needed more time, we would have stopped. If I needed more time, I would have stayed in the car. But I was able to move through it. And I was able to show up on that pool deck without bringing in that anguish and sadness and grief because I've learned how to emotionally regulate, because I've learned how to emotionally feel my emotions. Not when I say regulate, it's not control them or, you know, thought switch them so that I think a better thought or positive thinking, but because I'm able to move through it. And this has taken many, many years of practice. It's not a light switch. So then here's the thing. You go through that experience. You're in the parking garage. You're ready to go up into the pool. Start to see people. How do we greet each other? We often greet each other with, how are you? And that is a common challenge of how to respond when someone asks that. For me, authenticity is crucial. And so is compassion. In many initial greetings, we've grown used to the superficial exchanges. Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Life is great. But there's been all the suffering. And so sometimes it may be that you say, good to see you, and you don't answer that question. And maybe that's too inauthentic for you. And when you're in an environment where there's a person where empathy exists, what I have learned to say is, I'm moving through. Moving through. Life is a lot. And I sometimes will have a smile on my face because it's true. Life is a lot, right? For all of those parents on the deck, life is a lot. There's a lot of vulnerability moving through. This response acknowledges the full spectrum of life's experiences that we all face. In conclusion with today's podcast, I hope this helps you navigate the simple question of how are you during tough times? There's a lot of hardship in the world today. And for me, seeing the culturally programmed response of good feels untrue. Emotions are an ebb and flow moment to moment. And embracing authenticity is liberating as you get to choose to be you instead of who you think you're supposed to be. And oftentimes when we do who we think we're supposed to be, we tend to be armored and protected which then leads to us being disconnected with others. And man, with this life is hard, connection is so, so valuable and so important. I invite you to remember you're living a dynamic life filled with ups and downs and hopefully a range of a lot of in-between. Ups and downs, ups are great, the downs are hard, but the more that we can live in that space in between, it's a little bit less turbulent. Embrace living this dynamic life with grace and compassion. Something I like to say is I live an amazing life and there are shit shows everywhere. It's the whole range. Right? And I like to live a lot in between. The key is to keep moving through and embracing the full spectrum of experiences life offers. There's beauty and there's hard. And there's a full spectrum that life offers us. Thank you for joining me today. Until next time, be true to yourself 
and support yourself and others with compassion. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life. Because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.